0: If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you.
1: We thank you, Father God, that we can do nothing by ourselves because you are the vine and we are the branch. And we depend upon you on this morning. So, Father, as I open my mouth, I thank you that you have already filled it. I thank you that you have given me the tongue of the learned this morning to speak a word to those that are weary. I thank you for waking me up every morning with the tongue of the learned. And I thank you, Father God. For the Holy Spirit once again, because if it wasn't for him leading us and guiding us and teaching us and showing us the way, God, we wouldn't know what to do, God. Thank you for being our instructor and our teacher and our guide on the inside. Thank you for illuminating the word, letting there be light coming from the word, that it penetrates our very being. And it comes out of our mouth like a two-edged sword, like a fire that devours everything going on around us, like a hammer that breaks. The rocks into pieces. God, thank you for the word. Quicken us today according to your word. And I thank you on today that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would open your Bibles, or open your laptop, your iPad, your phone to Genesis chapter 32. Beginning at verse 3, please. Genesis 32, beginning at verse 3. And I'm going to be reading out the expanded Bible. Genesis chapter 32, beginning at verse 3. And the word of God read. Jacob's brother Esau was living in the area called Shear in the country of Eden. Jacob sent messengers to Esau telling them, give this message to my master, Lord Esau. This is what Jacob, your servant says. I have lived, sojourned, lived as an alien with Laban and have remained or been detained there until now. I have cattle, donkeys, flocks, male and female servants. I sent this message to you, my master, Lord, and asked you to accept us to find grace in your eyes. The messengers returned to Jacob and said, we went to your brother Esau. He's coming to meet you and has 400 men with him. Then Jacob was very afraid and worried, distressed. He divided the people who were with him and all the flocks, the herds, and the camels into two camps. Jacob thought Esau might come and destroy, strike, attack, attack one camp, but the other camp can run away and the camp that is left left will be saved, shall escape. I want to talk about this morning an anxious mind, an anxious mind. When we look at an anxious mind, we're looking at a mind that's full of worry, that's full of uh, fear of the unknown, a mind that's very uneased. It has, you have uneasiness in the mind and when you look at an anxious mind we want to know where does this anxious mind come from because our minds does not just get anxious overnight it has to be something that triggers our minds to bring worry to bring uneasiness to bring a fear of the unknown and it goes back to for as a man thinks in his heart that word heart mean mind for as a man think in his mind So is he, and so does he become. The more you think about a thing, whether good or bad, that's where your mindset is. And where your mindset is, is where your body will be. I'm going to say this again. An anxious mind starts with what you are thinking. This is why we have to be careful what we watch, what we hear, who we around, you can be around people, and some people may not be saying nothing, but you can see on their faces. That gives you a way of thinking. That gives you a way of saying, what's going on with them? Did I do something? Is it something that I could have said? Why are they looking like that? Why are they looking at me like that? Is something wrong? I'm going to give you a um, an example. I have to use Brother Willie, bless his heart. I love using Brother Willie, because Brother Willie don't get offended, but... This is what happened. He probably said, what in the world is she getting ready to say about me? It's nothing bad, Brother Willie. (laughs) When we deal with the anxious mind, when stuff is going on, remember it's uneasiness, it's worry, it's the fear of the unknown. A fear of the unknown is not knowing what's known. So you worry about it because you don't know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, what's going on, or why it's going on. So I remember my husband had had a dream. And in the dream, he dreamt about Sister Niece and Brother Willie. And during that time, um, Sister Niece and Brother Willie, they had a lot going on, but they were believing God and what was going on in their lives. So my husband woke up one morning and he just cried like a baby. I'm like, why is this grown man up in here crying? So he said, I had a dream about Brother Willie and Sister Niece, and the Lord was telling me to tell them that they will not lack for anything. And he said, it touched me so much in the dream, I just woke up just crying, just crying. And I mean, he was really crying, y'all. And the thing was, when he was really crying, me and Ariel looked at this man, and the way he was crying, we just started laughing. He said, it's not, I said, it's not funny. It's not funny. I said, I understand what the Lord has given you, but just looking at you in your face, it just makes me laugh. So he he, he said, well, I said, well, tell me again. And as soon as he opened his mouth to tell me again, he starts sobbing again. I said, look. He said, do you think I need to go tell him? I said, yeah, let's let's go tell him. So when we went to their their home, Brother Willie had just come out of the hospital not too long. Um, during that time, and Brother Willie had this pole that was by him, that was giving him his IV, right, Willie? So he had that pole beside him. So when we come in the house, and Brother Willie was just sitting there, y'all, he was so relaxed and everything. So my husband said, I need to tell y'all about a dream that I had about y'all. So remember now, Brother Willie's sitting there with his pole relaxed. But as soon as my husband start telling the dream and start crying, Brother Willie leaned up with the pole and said, what'd you say? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about by being uneasy. By being worried Willie didn't know if he was bringing him his death sentence or not. So Willie, he got up and he was at attention because worry began to come in because he didn't know what my husband was going to say. He didn't know what my husband had dreamed. Come on. Some of us has been in that place. I'll be the first partaker of that fruit. You don't know what people are going to, say, going to say to you at that time. So all of a sudden you get worried. You get anxious about it. You be like, come on already. Say it. What are you waiting for? Spit it out. Why are you taking your time? And all of a sudden your mind is racing. It's going into another place. That's an anxious mind. Because you don't know what's going to come out of somebody's mouth. Or you don't know what's going on around you when you see somebody running the house real fast. And you in a dead sleep and all of a sudden the house is feeling like it's tumbling. My husband running through the house. You don't know what's going on. What in the world is happening? Is something going on? No, it was nothing going on. It was just that he had to get to the bathroom so he can go cut grass. See what I'm saying? (laughs) So my mind became anxious. It became worried. I ain't know what happened to my children. I ain't know what happened to nobody. He's calm. I'm in the bed saying, oh, Lord. Talking to Jesus, because I didn't know. That's an anxious mind. And that's what we're going to talk about. And that is what the enemy uses to take our mind off of God. And if we don't catch it, it will catch us. It will catch up with us. And this is what was happening with Jacob. When we go back um, in Genesis, we see how Jacob stole the blessing from his brother Esau. And when Esau knew what Jacob done, he made up his mind he was going to kill Jacob. So Rachel told Jacob, was it Rachel? I think it was. Told Jacob to run for his life, really. Go stay with Laban. And when you go stay with Laban, stay there for a while until he cool off because he's very angry. So that's what he did. He stayed there with um, Laban. And this is where we are today, talking about how Esau was going to meet Jacob. Now, how many of y'all know all those years, Jacob was dealing with worry? He was anxious. He had anxiety. He had an uneasiness. He had a fear of the unknown because he didn't know. He knew he wanted to kill him, but hey, it was just a fear that was laying there. So this is why we have to keep our mind where it need to be. We have the mind of what? The mind of Christ. So when we look at this, this is what Jacob did. It says that in verse 7, when he heard, but the first thing Jacob did, let me tell you how we try to solve stuff, y'all. This is what we do when things come up in our lives. We try to fix it. Can I hear amen? It is so. We try to come up with something to ease our minds. Do we not? We try to find something to ease our worry, to ease our uneasiness. We try to find something to bring us happiness, to get our minds off of what anxiety brings. So what he did was, since he had all of this substance, He said, I'm going to send it to... He didn't say his brother. I'm going to send it to my Lord. Meaning that I'm going to be a servant unto him. He knew what he'd done years ago. He took the blessing from him. Now he's trying to make it right himself and become a servant to his brother. So he was calling his brother Lord. This is what we do at times to make things right. So he sent a message to him Calling him Lord. He made sure he told them. He told him what he had. He said give this message to my master Lord Esau. He wanted him to know I'm your servant. Here I am to serve you. And by me serving you. I want to give you all of these things. But when the messengers came back and told him. He's coming to meet you with 400 men. All of a sudden. He felt uneasy. He got worried. He got anxious. The Bible say he was greatly afraid. Meaning that when you have anxiety, the root of it is fear. Anxiety comes from the fear of the unknown. An anxious mind comes from the fear of the unknown. So when he found out all of this, he became afraid. And it says in verse 8, Jacob thought. He thought. He took a thought. Didn't we just talk about? For as a man thinketh in his heart, in his mind, so is he, so does he become. Jacob took a thought. Your Bible, in the King James, it says, let me go back here. King James 32, 8. Y'all, this is why we got to be so careful. It says, and, and said, if Esau come to the one company, it looked like he was speaking, but he was taking a thought. See, we can take a thought within ourselves, and we're talking. So he took a thought. If he come against me, this is what I'm going to do. So he's setting these two companies up because he's trying to save his own life, right? So we have a plan. Look at your neighbor and say, I always have a plan. Say, believe it or not, I always have a plan. Before my bank account get empty... Say, I got a plan. Let's just see law on that. Don't we all have a plan before our bank account get empty? Some people say, well, it's empty now. <laughs> but you got a plan even though it's empty. Let me tell you what your plan. I'm going to help you out. Even if it's empty now, you done made a plan. You done thought of, I can go to my mama, my daddy, my sister, my brother. I can go to social services. I can call the government. You got a plan. Don't say you don't. Even when it's empty, you're going to find you a way of escape. Is that not right? So this is what Jacob was doing. But y'all, let me tell you what's so funny. After Jacob set up his way. Of what he was going to do because of this fear. Now Jacob prays to God. Don't we do it? Don't we set up our way? We get anxious. We get uneasy. We get worried. But we set up something. And now we want to stop and we want to pray. Now I'm reading verse 9. Let's go to 9. I'm still in the expanded Bible. Verse 9. Then Jacob said. Now listen at what he was saying to God. God of my father Abraham, he knew who God was. God of my father Isaac, Lord, you told, did you not tell me? Now look at this. Oh, I love it. He's commanding God. That's what God want us to do. He said, did you not tell me to return to my country and my family? He said, you told me to do this. He said, you said that you would treat me well. That's what you said. I am not worthy of the kindness. The loyalty, the covenant, the love, and the continual goodness, the faithfulness you have shown me, your servant. Listen at this now. He knew he was not worthy for everything that the Lord has given him. We knew that we know that we were not worthy. We're worthy because of Jesus. It's nothing that we can do to make us worthy, but as sons, we know what belonged to us. So he knew what belonged to him. He knew what God said to him. Then he said, where am I? The first, well, let me go here. Uh, Verse 10, I'm not worthy of the kindness. I went over that. The first time I traveled across the Jordan River, I had only my, listen at this, walking stick. But now I own enough to have two camps. Come on. He's reminding God, not because of me. But because of you, I have what I have. See, this is what we have to remember that brings us joy. God is no good that I done. God is what you done on my behalf, that I have what I have. It's not because of me. God, it is because of you. God, this is what I came into this relationship with. But now that I'm in this relationship with you, God, look what I have. I come in this relationship with just a walking stick. But God, look what you have blessed me with. See, all glory have to go to God and not unto us. And he said, please save, rescue, deliver me from the hand of my brother Esau. I'm afraid he will come and kill, strike, attack all of us, even the mothers with the children. Now he's saying again, you said to me, I will treat you well and will make your children seed as many as the sand of the seashore. There will be too many to count. So guess what Jacob was saying? He's saying, God, this is what you said, and you are God and not man that you shall lie. Neither the son of man that you shall repent, God, have you not said it? Shall you not do it? Have you not spoken it? Shall you not make it good? Because I know that your word is forever settled in heaven. God, I know that your word ain't coming back void. It ain't coming back empty. It's going out to accomplish that which you please. It's going to prosper. And the thing that you have sent it to do. Now, this is what you said. You already know about the mother and the children. But you said you will multiply them and make them a nation. So if you're going to multiply them, you can't kill them. He reminded him. So he let him know, I'm afraid. It's okay to say, I'm afraid. Because when you're afraid, you're afraid. Jehoshaphat was afraid. He had three mighty armies coming up against him. He knew he couldn't do it in his power and his might. Come on, we got to get pride out the way. And we just have to say, God, I'm afraid. God, I don't know what to do in this situation, but I know you know what to do. So I'm turning my face towards you. This is what Jacob did when he became uneasy, when he became worried, when he had a fear of the unknown. He, he knew that he had to turn to who? He had to turn to God. Now, we see what Jacob did again. After he prayed to God, Jacob sends gifts to Esau. And what he did was he set it up with men. Everybody had something. I believe it was four men. You can go back and read it. I could be saying too many. But let's go to uh, uh, verse 13. It said, Jacob stayed there for the night and prepared a gift for Esau from what he had with him. 200 female goats, 20 male male goats, 200 female, female sheep, and 20 male sheep rams. Oh, that's a lot. Anyway, verse 16. Jacob gave each separate flock of animals to one of his servants and said go ahead of me keep some space between each herd so he kept giving each um, set of flock to his servants. So he was putting them ahead of him. He would fall behind them. But he said, when you meet Esau, he said, this is what I want you to say. My brother Esau will come to you and ask, whose servants are you? To whom do you belong? Where are you going? And whose animals are these? Are ahead of you. Then you will answer, they belong to your servant Jacob. He sent them as a gift to you, my master Lord Esau, and also is coming behind us. So Jacob was going to come behind all those gifts that he was sending. Now, I'm going to 21. No, let me go to verse 19 first. Jacob ordered the second servant, the third servant, and all the other servants, others who follow the droves of animals, to do the same thing. He said, say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. Say your servant, Jacob, is coming behind us. Now listen at this. Jacob thought, here he is thinking, do we not think? Do we not still have things in our mind? Jacob thought, if I send these gifts or this tribute ahead of me, maybe Esau will forgive me. He's thinking, if I give him all this, he will forgive me. But how many know that you can give a person over and over again and it still won't help their unforgiveness? God is the only one. That can change somebody's heart and turn their heart towards you. I don't care if you gave them a million dollars. They may be happy with that million dollars, but that don't mean their heart is going to change. See, this is what we mess up, church. We try to pour things in people's laps to get their approval, to get them to like you. And then when you find out they don't care nothing about you, but they took everything you got, now you mad. Now, you don't want to have nothing else. Come on, we need to quit playing these manipulation games. We need to quit trying to give the people to get something from people. And sometimes it ain't money. Sometimes we try to give to get their kindness, to get their love. We do things the way we think they need to be done because we want that person right with us. Come on, even in your marriage, women, don't be trying to give your husband nothing to get something. Your husband should love you just as Christ loved the church. And whatever you need, your husband should give it to you without making you do something to get it. God didn't make us do anything to get nothing from him. He laid down his life so we can have everything that's his and now it belongs to us. See, when we know what the word of God says, we don't go outside of the word to get nothing from nobody. When we do what the word of God says, he will make our enemies our footstool. When we do what the word of God says, we out to please God and not man. When we do what the word of God says, come on the floodgates of heaven, will open on our behalf without us trying to do something to get something. God has already done it. People know when you're manipulating them. People know when you want something from them. And quit playing these games. I gave to you, now you got to give to me. If you gave something to me to get something from me, don't give me nothing. Because if I give you something, that don't mean I'm looking for something from you. That's a problem we have. Well, I came to their thing, so now they got to come to mine. No, they don't. See, that's where we get in trouble at. We try to have expectations on people. We expect people because i done this for you. Now you got to do it for me. No, that's not how it happens. Well, I just got to go because they came when I asked them to come. But if you're not led to go, don't go. And if they get upset, they got a problem. Well, I done it for you and you didn't do it for me, but I didn't ask you to do it for me you just selfish. No, I ain't selfish. Evidently, you had the wrong motive in doing it for me because you expecting something from me. If I feed you, that don't mean you got to feed me. Help me, somebody. I don't need you to. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Come on, we don't do that. Just because I buy you a Christmas gift, I ain't looking for one. We always looking for something. You know why are we looking for something? Because we ain't looking to him who is the author and finisher of our faith. Come on, that was a nugget. That wasn't even part of the message. The Holy Spirit know how to throw you some nuggets. That's quit trying to do for people because they're doing for us. We do want to help people, but we want to do it with the right heart. Amen. So here go Jacob. Jacob had his stuff set up. He said, if I do all this, then maybe he will forgive me. I will appease, he said, or maybe ahead of me. Maybe Esau will forgive me. Perhaps he will accept me. He wanted to be what? Accepted. So he's given all of these gifts, calling him Lord. I'm your servant for what? Yeah. That's a part of rejection. See, having an anxious mind, too, can bring rejection. It can bring rejection to the point of you doing something to get accepted, and now that's easing your mind because you think that would work, but that's not going to work. So then he said, verse 31, So Jacob sent, passed ahead of him the gifts, the tributes to Esau, but he himself stayed the night in the camp. Verse 22, during the night, Jacob rolls and crossed the Jabbok River, and it says, at the crossing, taking with him his two wives, his two slave girls, and his 11 sons, he sent his family and everything he had across the river. Now listen at this. Now this is where I want to go. Remember I said in the beginning how Jacob, he was greatly afraid, he was uneased, he had a fear, He began to set things up the way he think it should be. Then he began to pray to God. Then he began to send the gifts, the substance over to who? To Esau, right? Now understand, we pray to God, but we still doing things our way. We do. We pray to God. We remind God of what God said, but we still do things our way. So then after he did that, this is the part I want to go to, Genesis 24. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Come on, y'all. He was in a wrestling match with the man until daybreak. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and Jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go. For day is breaking, but Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing upon me. The man asked him, what is your name? And then he said, Jacob, supplaner, schemer, trickster, swindler, your name have meaning. And he said, your name shall be called no more Jacob, supplanter, but Israel, contender with God. For you have contended and have power with God and with man and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, tell me, I pray you, what is your name? But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And the angel of God declared a blessing on Jacob there. Where am I going? When you're wrestling with something, Jacob was wrestling with an anxious mind. His mind was uneased. He had uneasiness. He had worry. He had fear. But that night, what God did for him, he showed him. The power that was within. And that's what God does to us. Whatever you're going through. He even had pain going on. The pain that anxiety bring. That an anxious mind bring. um, Jacob didn't give up. Even in the midst of what he was going through. God is saying don't give up even in the midst of your pain. Sometimes we wrestle through these things all night. Come on somebody. But we're saying no that ain't what God said. That ain't what God want me to do. I don't have to live like this. Sometimes it's a battle all night long. But you're battling and you're coming from the word of God and say, I will not, I shall not wake up this way no more. Even in your pain, sometimes God allow things. Let me help you to understand allow. He don't um, allow sickness. Sickness do come. But when it do come and you wrestling with it, you standing in your pain. Even in the midst of your sickness, knowing that breakthrough have come. And that's what we have to do. This man, hip, was hurting. But he was still standing. Why? Because he knew what belonged to him. He wanted his blessing. He wanted what God had given him. And he got it. How many of us stand? Doing all to stand when our mind is anxious. When our mind is wandering everywhere. When we have a fear of the unknown. Not, not knowing what's going to happen. When we have an uneasiness to come in. Which causes headaches. Which causes your stomach to be upset. Which causes your blood pressure to get high. But you're still standing because you know what God said. That's what Jacob did. Some of us lay down in it. That's when you go into depression. When you lay down and don't move and say, I'm going to sleep it off. I feel better when I'm sleeping. I feel at ease when I'm sleeping. But you're going to wake up feeling worse. Your stomach begin to turn. You begin to feel like you're going to throw up. You feel like you can't make it another father. That's an anxious mind. That's a mind full of anxiety. That's a mind full of worry. And then you begin to have nervousness. You're shaking for no unknown reason. Because that's what fear does. Fear began to paralyze you. The symptoms that you're having is coming through fear. So Jacob, he wrestled. But guess what? He was blessed. He didn't give up in the midst of his pain. God said, don't give up in the midst of your pain. Don't give up when you feel like you can't make it no more. Begin to praise God. Begin to exalt him above what you're going through. Begin to tell God, thank you, God, not for what I'm going through, but in what I'm going through, I'm going to give you thanks. Because you saying in everything, give you thanks. Not for everything, but in everything, I'm going to give you thanks, God. I'm tired of laying down in this mess. It's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to get our minds off of what we're going through. And we got to remember, we got other brothers and sisters. That's going through some trials, some tribulation that may be worse than what we're going through. We got to begin to pray for somebody else outside of us and our family. We got to begin to lift up the ones that lost all the children. And Come on, somebody. We got to begin to do things outside of our house. Because somebody else's house is going through. Somebody else's house has lost a loved one that should not have died, but they died. But an anxious mind will have you selfish. An anxious mind will have your mind on you all the time. What about me? What am I going to get out of this? What if Jesus... The day he was going through to the cross, come on, y'all, he was in human form. He had things coming at him from every side. He knew what a crucifixion was about. He knew that he had no sin, but he was dying for the sin of the whole world. And he cried out to his father, Lord, not my will. But let thy will be done. He was saying, God, not my will. If it is your will, take this cup of suffering from me. But not my will. Let your will be done. And Jesus, he prayed to the father, but he went through it. I'm I'm, I'm getting ready to say this, y'all. You got to go through it. You got to go through it. Because what you go through ain't only for you. It's for somebody else to help them get through it. Come on, things we go through is not only for us, it is for somebody else where we can console them with the word of God, the way the word consoled us. We got to get out of selfishness, we got to get out of I'm the only one going through. Come on, you can see a family, they're laughing, they're cutting up, and you saying, oh, if I could be that way. You don't know what they're going through in the midst of their laughter. Somebody in their house can be a deaf door, but they're still laughing. They're still giving God glory. But you want what they have. So this is why we have to know what's going on with our minds. The uneasiness that we're having. The worry that we're having, the thoughts that we're entertaining. We entertain thoughts 24-7. Thoughts come and they pile up. And the enemy, he's after those thoughts. Because he used them as a fortress in your mind to build a stronghold. And that comes due to your way of thinking. And once that stronghold gets built, you got to work to tear it down. It's not an overnight thing. You have to go into the word of God on a daily basis. Every minute, every second that you get, you got to apply the word of God to tear down that stronghold. But then God gave me something else dealing with being anxious. Go with me to Luke 10. We all familiar with this passage of scripture, Luke 10, 38 and 40 through 42. This is dealing with Martha and Mary. It say, while Jesus and his followers were traveling, Jesus went into a town, a village. A woman named Martha let Jesus stay at her house. She welcomed, she received him. All of us who are born again, we have welcomed Jesus. We have received him into our temple. Amen. Being born again. Martha had a sister named Mary who was sitting at the Lord's feet and listening to him teach what he said, his word, his message. She was um, sitting there listening. And it says, but Martha was busy. She was worried. She was distracted with all the work to be done, the many preparations. See, when somebody come to your home, you are preparing for those people to be in your home. You're making sure those people are, com- are, are comfortable. So you're preparing everything. You're everywhere. Come on, we all do it. When you know you having company come to your home, you're having a cookout, you're having a get-together, you everywhere. You're trying to make sure everything is done, everything is in place. You're making sure the house is clean. You're making sure everything that you want for the food, that you want to put in the food. you making preparations to make sure you have everything. Come on, Thanksgiving Day. Christmas dinners, wedding parties, all kind of parties. You're trying to make sure everything is done. How many people know that when your mind is all over the place, when you're worried that things are out of place, you begin to get angry at people? You get angry. Your husband at what do you want? <laughs> Ain't that right, honey? Can't you see? Why did you ask me that? You should know where it is. It should have slapped you in the face when you went in there. Right, honey? I ain't ashamed of my game. I know how to repent. I'm only human. I'm just a woman. See, I'm not ashamed of my stuff. Because we all get anxious. We all get angry when we get anxious and feel like we're the only one doing everything. And then you see somebody else sitting over there twiddling. Like they ain't got, oh, I want to slap you. <laughs> I just did, and you didn't know it. <laughs> I've been slapping you since you've been sitting there for the longest and smiling in your face. Help me, somebody. Did anybody ever teach you how to get off of your butt and move? Oh, I hit some. See, the way I was taught, I wasn't taught to sit on my butt. I was taught that when company is coming, we want to make sure everything is done for that company, right? That's natural. Is that not right? I was taught that when company leave, we all clean up. The way I was taught, I believe I got it from my Aunt Shirley for a is sitting there. I take it, and you still using it. I done washed it because I'm going to sit down. That's how I was taught. I clean up my mess. I was taught that if somebody cook and I'm sitting at your table eating, I jump up and I start helping you without me asking you. That's how I was taught. So Martha. Martha was taught, Jesus is in my home. I want to be able to serve him. I want to give him what he need. They said, but Martha was busy, worried, distracted with all the work to be done. She went in and said, come on, who, how many marthas we got in here? We go in and say, don't you see I need some help? Make them cheer and help me. They sitting there like they ain't got nothing to do. She went in and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister had left me alone to do all the work, sir, prepare the meal? Please, therefore, tell her to help me. Now, you know her emotions is high. You know our emotions get high, especially when it's hot. And you running all over the place and your sweat is pouring down over the food. You over there and, oh, that'd be all right. They won't even know. Wipe it off. You sweating. Well, if they had to help me, I wouldn't be sweating all over this food. So she was very anxious. She was very worried. She was uneased. Because of everything that was going on around her. How many of us in this room right now has got a lot going on? And we got uneasiness. Let me say this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of us are in this house today, but our mind is somewhere else. We're thinking about everything we got to do outside of what this word is saying. You ain't at his feet. You're thinking of the many things you got to do when you leave here. You're thinking of how you're going to get them done. You're a Martha. Martha. You done got so arrogant. You ain't worrying about nobody helping you. You help yourself. I'd rather do it myself. Come on, that's a Martha. But Mary, this is what Jesus said. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Now, if somebody called you twice, if my husband called me twice, I'm just going to, huh You are worried, anxious, and upset about many things. He knew this go beyond you serving me. You got so much going on in your life. Now it's coming out. Come on. This is what happens. This is why I tell y'all. If somebody snap you and you ain't done nothing to them, you look at them and say what the words say. Call them by name. You are troubled. You are anxious. You are worried. You are uneased about many things. And I know it ain't about me. See, but what we do when somebody snap us, we get offended. We get an attitude. We start talking about what they did instead of looking behind why they did it. That tells us where we are. Then we become in an anxious state. We're trying to figure out, see, this is where anxiousness comes from. We try to figure out why did they talk to me that way? What did I do to them? Why did they treat me this way? And it plays over and over and over in our mind. And we get so uneased that we cannot rest because we're trying to figure out why Miss Deborah snapped me up like that. So we can't rest. So we're telling everybody, Miss Deborah snapped me today. She said, Mr. Willie you know you shouldn't have put that in that computer. That's not how that go in there, Mr. Wheeler. I done told you one time. I ain't telling you again. Give it here. I do it myself. It don't bother Mr. Willie. He just say she crazy. Y'all, I'm just using that. But that's what we do. So we get uneased. Now, if it was a woman that Miss Deborah done that, what's up with you? I ain't got time for your foolishness. So this is what I'm saying. We can have uneasiness in our mind in a lot of areas. Someone that you've been around so long have made you uneasy, have made you worry, has made you anxious, and other people are getting things from that person from you. Because how you feel about that person, you're taking the weight of that person upon you. Because that person don't see what they're doing to you. They don't see the worry that they're giving you. Oh, I use Jolly Green John over there, my son. Y'all, he brought some uneasiness. He bought some worry. This is what children do though. He brought all this stuff to me, and I kept it. I kept you know, sometimes we'll say, I'm trusting God, I'm believing God. He's my present help in the time of trouble. And you're quoting all the the word, right? But when they do something else, everything you quoted don't mean a hill of beans. Because all the worry, all the disappointment, everything that they're doing, you're wondering why they're doing it. They weren't raised that way. They weren't taught that way. And you just get so angry that you just can't take it no more. Because your mind is uneasy. You're worried because you're worried about what they could get into. And when you keep worrying about that, the devil done gave you a mental picture of something that they're doing that they're really not doing. But he wants you to speak that that's happening. So it'll happen. Come on. Can I get a witness? This is what anxiety does. It paints uh, mental pictures and you, expect that's a fear of the unknown. You expecting something to happen that don't supposed to happen, so the enemy doesn't entrap you. He doesn't ensnared you, and then we don't know if it's God telling us this is going to happen or if it's the devil telling us it's going to happen. Go back to your worry. Go back to how you worried about that son, you worried about that daughter, you worried about your dogs, your mama, your daddy, your sisters, your brothers. You put all this worry in your mind, so each time they they. Um, name pop up you see a picture of what is going to happen that ain't happening come on we do because that's where our minds go our minds wonder that's why we have to remember we have the mind of Christ I told y'all that in school Jeremy just talked so much wouldn't be quiet he was very respectful but he didn't know how to shut up and I guess he get that from the walker side because the walkers love to talk but he just talked, 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 wouldn't shut up. And I remember he took Spanish. How many times, baby? Three times. How many times? Three times. Let me tell you about my baby, y'all. This is still part of being anxious and worried. I was just telling them this the other day. Jeremy could do it, but he didn't make up his mind to do it because he wanted to be whom he wasn't. So I hired Jeremy a tutor. This way I messed up it, right? I hired him a tutor, and I said, well, maybe this tutor can help my son pass Spanish. I messed up. I hired a young, pretty tutor. (laughs) Now, Jeremy did not want to take Spanish, y'all. He didn't even want a tutor. But when the tutor walked in the door, he was ready to tutor. (laughs) I fired her. I said, you know what? I don't need your help. Don't need it because I see lust done kicked in. So you out the door. So I even sat in his class with him. He was an angel in the class, looking at the teacher, being so respectful. Y'all, when I left the class, the student's going to ask my son, who was that student? They didn't care. Long story short, with Jeremy, I worried so much with him, even after my son graduated. Y'all remember I told you I was praying before the Lord pinned the high, popped up. My mind went everywhere. I was, worry start coming, uneasiness start coming, the fear of the unknown or what they're going to say now concerning my son. And I just looked up to heaven. And I said, Lord, I thank you. I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise. Holy Spirit said, Jeremy in school. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I had to get my mind. Come on. y'all. Y'all act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. See, when I was growing up, I didn't know how much worry I put on my parents, on my dad, on my grandparents. I didn't know. But now, y'all, don't we know? Don't we know now that we got children? I remember daddy used to tell us this. I don't know if he remember. We would lay all over his chairs. And daddy, back way back then, daddy wasn't saved. He said, y'all laying y'all A on my chair. When you get your own chair, you ain't going to be doing that. <laughs> Guess what? We ain't doing that. Y'all tearing up my house. But when you get to y'all house, you ain't going to mess up. We was bringing him uneasiness. See? We was bringing him all of these. See, this is what I'm saying. Y'all, the devil will, as Rick say, sought you up. And he'll set you up for a kill if we allow. we taking kill pills every day. He know I can kill you with anxiety. I can kill you with stress because even when you ain't saying nothing, you're rolling it over in your mind. You ain't saying it, but you're thinking it, and eventually you're going to come out and say it, and that's what he wants. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. And this is what Jesus gave her to let her know. Only one thing is important, necessary, needed. Mary has chose the better thing, and it will never be taken away from her. One thing is needed, and one thing is more important than anything, and it is the Word. And Mary chose the Word. She made the Word first and foremost in her life. What am I saying to you? When you wake up in the morning and the Word is first and foremost in your life, when anxiety comes, it can't stay. Because the Word will kill it. But when you don't make the word first and foremost in your life, anxiety will entrap you to the point that you are paralyzed and you can't move and you don't want to do nothing. You just want people to leave you alone until you hear what you need to hear. I ain't heard it yet, so I can't do nothing. But he said she was doing what was needed. That was the word. Are we doing what's needful for us? Are we taking the word for what it really is? I don't know about y'all. Anxiety, I'm being honest, it's a killer. Anxiety will really make you to the point of, I don't care no more. Whatever happens, happens. I just don't care. That's what the enemy wants. That's what he wants you to say. But let's talk about, Mark 4, 18 through 19. Mark 4, 18 through 19. We're talking about the grounds. And that ground we know is our heart. And we have to put the word of God in our heart. In verse 18, it said, Others are like the seed planted among thorny weeds. They hear the teaching, the word, the message. But look at what takes the teaching, the message. Just like you sitting in here today. The enemy is going to come and take the message. This is how he does it. But the worries of this life, world age, the temptations, the deceitfulness, seduction of wealth and many other evil desires, desiring for other things, keep the teaching from growing and producing fruit in their lives. Come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. This is what anxiety and worry does. It chokes the word. you hear hearing the message. you hear hearing the teaching. But soon as worry come, anxiety come, having a desire for other things, material things, going after those things, having lust in our heart. It come in and it chokes the word. And you're wondering, why ain't the word working? Because these things have choked the word. A garden. When you grow a garden, we know we have to till that garden the ground first. You have to get that stuff out of the ground. You have to turn it over. You have to cultivate it. We got to cultivate our hearts and we can't just take the word and put it there in our hearts. When we got other things that's before us, that's growing there. We got to dig that stuff up. That's why we have to say, Holy spirit, search me, show me what's in me. So once you plant that seed, you just don't leave that, you leave the seed in the ground. But when you see weeds coming up, you got to go out there and you got to really get those weeds out of the ground. You got to get them before they take root. It's easy to take a weed up that haven't taken root. But once that weed take, how many of y'all know you just pull? Where's Barbara? Barbara here today? Barbara. Come here for a minute, honey. I just saw Barbara. Uh, Honey, can you get Barbara the mic? I believe Barbara know about flowers. Jennifer do too. They can work together with it. They can work together with it. Barbara, when you plant something, when you plant a seed and it start growing and you see weeds, why do you get those weeds right then? Because they'll choke it out, choke the plant out. And if they they choke the plant... Kill it. It'll kill it. Uh Now, have you ever seen weeds that you didn't bother and you had to pull out and Uh, they just grew deep? Yes. How did you get the weed up? I took something, dug, just dug down in the ground. You kept digging until you Uh got it out, didn't you? Right. How do you know you got it out? Because I saw the root. Nobody want to dig. I don't. Help me, somebody. Anybody want to dig in here? Anybody want to dig in here? Nobody don't want to get their hands dirty. When you're going through something that's deep, oh, baby, you better be digging. Because if you don't dig, you're letting other stuff grow around it. Them are your symptoms. This is why you keep going from doctor to doctor to doctor, because when this doctor can't find it, he's sending you somewhere else. When that doctor can't find it, he send you somewhere else. When none of them can find it and you know you're not crazy and something is going on, you go to the great physician. But we should have went to him first and foremost. Because you done spent money, 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 and nobody can tell you nothing. But they will give you some medication to say, take this and if this don't work, come back. This is free. All day long. We don't give it time to do what it... It's already worked. (laughs) It's already worked. Ain't nothing we have to do but take it. Did anybody hear me? Only thing you got to do is take you some of this. How I know? Because he said, my son, pay attention to my word. These are his words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that... Who are the those that find them? You got to be one of those that find them so the word will bring you life and give you medicine to all your... Flesh, the word is your medicine. The, the enemy know he, the word is your medicine, so he make you think the word ain't doing nothing. How does he make us think that? Because seems like it get worse instead of getting better. Seem like it get worse every time you speak the word. Seem like something is coming to take the word, the worries of this life. Seem like you're hearing something that you're saying. Well, God, I spoke it. Don't dig it up. God is your word. What you got to be getting rid of is what has been planted. Because once the seed is planted, the word of God in your heart, the Bible say, guard your heart with all diligence
0: for out of
1: it are the issues of life. So if we're not guarding y'all, guess what happened? We're letting the enemy come in. Do you know when you plant a garden, and put scarecrows up there and all this stuff to keep the birds from messing with the stuff in the garden. What we have to do is put the word on it. We got to put the word on and keep the word on it. Why? Because those angels are standing at attention because you sent those angels to your house to guard over your seed. The angels are only going to hearken to the voice of God. So if we're steady worrying about something, guess what God told me? He said, if you steady worrying, you don't trust me. He said, if you trust me, you wouldn't be worried about it. He said, but you're still worried because you ain't took my word for what it is. The word is your medicine. And merry heart is what? Is what? And a broken spirit does what? People wonder why their bones dry. I want a merry heart. And the only way my heart can stay merry is through the word. You got to quit hanging around naysayers. You got to quit hanging around negative people that say they know God, but they're talking negatively. Negatively. People need to be speaking life even in the midst of death. You don't hang around people to say, I saw this situation before. They ain't going to make it. But what did God say? See, we can speak positive as long as it look positive. But when it look negative, we go speaking negative instead of speaking positive. Because we're hanging around too many people that really don't know the word. Because when you know the word, you say what you know. Paul only spoke what he believed. And we don't just speak it waiting on it to happen. We speak it because we know it has happened. Because y'all, when we really sit down and look at what we have, some of us, it will bring some anxiety. If you sit down and look at living from paycheck to paycheck, it will flatten you, some of us. Because it don't look like it'll pay all your bills. Guess what I have learned, y'all? I learned this. When you take one day at a time and you live for that day that you're in and don't worry about the next day because we know that day have troubles of its own, you don't miss nothing. But when you sit down and look at everything you got versus what comes in, uneasiness come. Worry come. A lot of fear of the unknown comes. Not knowing what could happen. That's what the enemy want. He wants us to be more focused on what we don't know. Instead of being focused on what the word of God says. As long as our minds are full of worldly stuff. That's being fleshly minded. Fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded. The word of God said is life. And it's peace. I don't know about you. I want to have life and I want to have peace. I want to know that every day. This is why we go into this part um, of scripture, Matthew 625. So I tell you, don't worry about the food or drink you need to live, about the clothes you need for your body. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothes. So if God is telling us not to worry, why is he telling us not to worry? In that chapter, he keeps saying it over and over again. Why is he saying not to worry? Because he said, I know what you in the need of before you ask. So why are you worried if I'm God, if I'm your father and you are a kingdom citizen? That means I take care of my own. You are sons. I take care. I'm not no father that don't take care of my own. He said, I'm your heavenly father. I have blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we have to acknowledge all the good things that God has placed on the inside of us. Everything we need is in us. But in order to draw it out of us, our mind have to be renewed according to what we have on the inside of us. That's why he says, seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of, y'all get it? You're going to seek the kingdom. And if you seek in the kingdom, you seek in his way of doing, his way of being. And then he said all of these things. Shall be added unto you. Everything we need y'all. We already have it. But we got to call it forth. We have to speak those things. That be not. As though they were. We don't deny what we see y'all. We just speak what we want to be. According to the word of God. God I'm not denying. What I'm seeing. Because if I deny it. I will be a liar. I'm looking at it. But God, I'm speaking opposite of what I see because you told me to speak those things that be not as though they were. So when we're having these anxious thoughts, I'm giving you your medicine right now. God is giving you the... See, this is the problem. If somebody don't give you something in a bottle that have pills in it for you to take, you feel like it don't work. You got to have something tangible... In order to know that it worked. Hello, somebody. When we get headaches, the first thing we do, we pop the medicine for a headache. Instead of saying, where did this headache come from? That headache didn't pop up on you just for no reason. It had to come through being uneasy. It had to come through worry. It had to come through stress. Oh, and it'll come through anger. So you need to calm yourself down and you need to say, Holy Spirit, where did this headache come from? Where are these things coming from? Oh, it's hereditary, but the blood I have in me don't have that. Amen. See, we, we come up with, just like Jacob. We come up with our own way because this is happening. We need to stop and say, where did it come from? It might be a hunger headache. Eat something. It'll calm right on down. Might be a headache of frustration. Quit getting frustrated. Then you won't have a headache. Might be a headache because you don't drink enough water. When you don't drink enough water, you have headaches. Because your body is depleted of that. You can take, I don't care how many pills you want to take. That is not the root. Do y'all know they give us things to calm down what's going on, but it don't take care of the root. Because once your body get used to that pill, it rejects it. I have heard stories. My sister is a nurse, and she's been a nurse for going on about 40 years, and they had a patient that was hurting so bad. They gave this patient a medication that was a strong medication, the strongest one they could give anybody. The lady said, I'm still hurting. They say, no way you can still be hurting. She said, I'm still hurting. They say, no way you can still be hurting. She said, I'm still hurting. They say, okay. So they said, we're going to give you something else. They gave her a baby aspirin. They gave it to her. They said, how are you feeling? Sometime later, I feel better. So guess what they did? Now they sent her to a psychiatrist. You know why they had to discharge her? Because it was a mind thing. See, once they know that they give you all the medication that your body can take, now they knowing this right here is in your mind, so you can't be with us no more. Because ain't nothing in here we can give you no more because we gave you the, the thing that we know should have calmed that body down. So now they're turning you over to a psychiatrist. Yo, this is real life. They're doing their job. They're doing what they know to do. Why keep you in a place if that place ain't helping you? You got to move on. This is why we have to get the word now. We cannot wait until a critical situation come up and start trying to dig and start trying to believe it. We got to get into it on a daily basis. Because we don't know what day, what a day is going to bring. We don't worry about that day. We live for the day that we're in. When you go into another day, that's when you get anxious. That's when you get worried. Y'all, it get to a point when you're dealing with something for so long, you don't even want nobody to say nothing on that subject. Because it brings stuff up. Until you can get built up, like you need to get built up in the word, you got to turn off the news. You got to turn off television, period, poo. I'm going to tell you why. If you're going through something in your body, yo, they never put it on TV before. Now you're watching the show and you're laughing. The next thing that you see, oh, Lord. (laughs) And then your mind go wondering, oh, that's me. That's some symptoms I'm having. Oh, Lord. And then you start saying that's your diagnosis. You don't diagnose yourself even before you got checked out. That's what you have come to believe. An anxious mind, a worried mind, an uneasy mind will put you in a place that you're not in. I worked with a girl, and I don't know if Jennifer remember this girl. Every day she had a diagnosis. She believed this is what was going on with her. She talked about it all the time. Did she not, Jennifer? All the time. That's all she talked about, how sick she was and what she got. Didn't he know if she had it, but if somebody else talked about it, that was her. So, they made up a diagnosis. I hate that this, this pastor shouldn't have done it. And I heard him say this. He said, this girl came to our church, and she, all she talked about was sickness, so I made up a diagnosis. He said, she come back to me and told me she had it. She caught it just that quick. Because that's where her mind was. Y'all, it's true. It is true, because when I was going through with depression And I had to sit in that hospital and I had to see some of those things that was rolling across my desk because I had to do some stuff. Next thing I know, my body started reacting to it. Only thing I did was look at it. Come on, it's the truth. Your mind will control your body. You will start believing something that's not exactly happening. And whatever you do, people, stay off the Internet looking it up. There are different people saying different things on the Internet. Mm-hmm. they'll have you thinking this is what you got and you ain't got it. Look it up in here. Deuteronomy 28. <laughs> I tell you of every sickness and every disease, but guess what? Jesus done away with them. If you want to know them, look them up in there. <laughs> but don't clean them. Because <laughs> they're not yours. Jesus took them for us. So when we know what he took, when it knocked on our door, say, oh no, you can't. What are you doing here? You don't belong here. You go in the name of Jesus. We allow man to tell us what y'all I have learned. Man is only human. They can only tell you what they've been taught. They can only tell you what they have come across. They can only tell you these things. But what we have to be ready for is what did God say? How do you want me to handle this? Which way do you want me to go? Because if you don't, your mind is all over the place. I'm not through yet. Philippians 4. 6 through 8. I'm reading out the living Bible on this one. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I love that. Don't worry, don't be anxious, be careful for nothing about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, listen at this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your heart quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Can I read it again? Don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts, your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. It's a trusting in him, y'all. That's when we can have that perfect peace. And then verse 8. And now, brothers, as I close this letter, let me say this one more thing. For your thoughts on what is, fix your thoughts on what is true, good, and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. Look, I'm giving out medicine. I'm the first partaker. Last scripture, Isaiah 26, 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, complete peace, shalom, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. If you want complete peace, your mind has to be on him, has to be on his word. And when we have dwelled on something so long, that's what's going to pop up before the word. But we have to cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself above what? The word of God. We have to bring into captivity every thought until the obedience obedience of Christ. We got something we have to do. God has given us everything that we need, y'all. But we have to know how to use what we have. We have to know how to decree and declare so it will be established. God has given us our medicine today, and I advise every last one of us to take it. Because let me tell you, we're in a time now. We're in a crucial time. There's killings amongst us. There's people losing their minds amongst us. Y'all, I looked when I went on Facebook. I looked and saw a woman taking off all her clothes and walking in the midst of traffic. Her mind was being taken. It was just something normal. She dropped the clothes, walked in the midst of traffic, butt naked. What do we supposed to do as the body of Christ? Just like Jesus when the man had legion. What did Jesus do? He spoke to that spirit. He told that spirit to come out of that man. And that's when that man put on his clothes. and was in his right mind. We stand up in church and say, I'm clothed. I hope you are. Cause don't come up in here naked. The only time you're going to leave here naked is when you die. And when you raptured up, but even in the casket you got on some clothes. I'm clothed and I'm in my right mind. Thank you, Jesus. So we use scripture out of content for what we believe for it to be. Church, it is time for us to get our mind fixed, set on things above and not on things of this earth. Because we're living in a time that there are shortages. Some of it have reached us. You go in the stores, what about the formula for the babies? The formula for the babies, you know, that's out. Some of that's out. So we have to be before God to know what we need to do for him to show us. God is not going to let us go without. If he do, he's just like man. But he is not man, y'all. So our focus have to be more on him than things of this world. Let's quit focusing on gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. I want this. I want that. Have y'all noticed when you get all those things after a while, they mean nothing? We just set those things aside. We don't want them no more because something new have come out. Have y'all noticed that? Something new has come out, so we'll set it aside and we'll go on to the next new thing. And the next thing you know, that got old to us. But the word of God never, ever, ever, ever gets old. The Word of God quickens us. The Word of God brings life to us. The Word of God heals us. The Word of God protects us. The Word of God provides for us. The Word of God delivers us. The Word of God sets us free. The Word of God is where it's at, y'all. And it's for us to go out of these walls and deliver the Word of God and recognize what's going on around us. We let people know you don't have to live that way. You don't have to stay that way because he has made a way out of no way. How do I know? Because I'm a living testimony. If he done it for me, he can do it for you. And he's still doing. So an anxious mind. Church, let's get over. An anxious mind. And let's trust God. We don't need more faith. If anybody tell you you need more faith that's out, it don't line up with the word of God. God has given us, all of us, the same measure of faith. It's just like muscles in your body. Everybody got the same muscle. But Manny done worked his. It ain't like everybody else's. So for us to get where Manny is, we got to work the muscles for him to scratch, for them to blow up, right? So y'all seeing the results of what he do. That's what faith is. When you begin to take the word of God and you begin to believe what the word of God is saying, guess what? Then it looked like great faith. But all of us got the same measure of faith. Don't let nobody tell you you got to work for more. Only thing you got to do is trust God. Believe God. Except what he has said and quit trying to work for what you already, I don't have to work for nothing. Only thing I have to do now, don't get me wrong in, in the natural. We work if we want to eat. Don't be come up by faith. My God told me to sit home. He going to take care of me. Somebody lying Because everybody is not on the same level. See, God got to deal with you before you try to act like somebody else. Come on, somebody. When God called you to something, he's going to provide what he's called you to. But there's a trusting in God when he called you to it. Me and my husband have to trust him every day. Every day we have to walk by faith and not by sight. Every day we have to say, God, you're our source. God, you're the one that takes care of us. We have to believe him. We can't sit up there and say, well, let me see how much Teresa going to pay this week. She got to do better than what she's been doing. That's just an example. Because, Lord, if she don't do better than what she's doing, I ain't going to to pay my light bill. Now, she's holding my lights. <laughs> we don't do that. I don't check your tithes. I just do what God tell me to do. And if God tell me to teach on tithes, it's not because, well, it is because, because sometimes God will say, go look at tithes. I don't know what you make. But if he tell me to look at him, I say, okay, God, you want me to teach on him. But I don't check him like that. That's not who I am. Because I teach what the word of God say. Teach and it's up to you to do what the word of God tell you to do. And when you do that, you just releasing what you all y'all, that's how you release what you got. When you do what the word say do, that's how you release what you got. But how can you release something that you don't even know you have? Yo, God is a good God, and he's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. So when we put something in his hands, he said, cast all your cares upon me. Why? Because I care about you. Give them to me. Let me care. Matter of fact, I already carried every worry, every concern, everything that you can even imagine that will happen to you in your life. He said, when it come back, you roll it. Just roll it to me. I'm going to so, say, what you doing here? How you get off the cross? Here, <laughs> That ain't mine. He already took care of that. So why am I concerned about it? Sometimes we do get concerned, but don't let worry come in. Y'all, I have to remind myself every day. I looked at my daughter the other day when she was home. And all of a sudden, I looked at her and I got a glimpse of glory. How did I get a glimpse of glory? I said, Girl do you know you ain't got no loan to pay for? I meant exactly what I said, huh? Not me. Huh? Do you know, girl, you ain't got no loan? She said, yes, Mom." I say, ain't God good. Oh, I could have went on. How did I get a glimpse of glory? Because it was because of his glory. That's what I'm saying. Because, oh, y'all, God will do it. He will do it if you let him do it. He will do it no matter what your bills look like. If you do what the word of God tell you to do, you're going to always have substance in your house. When your focus is on him more than your circumstances, that's when joy begin to come in. That's when peace begin to come in like a river. But when you focus on why me, God, What did I do wrong, God? Then you're soaking in it. Rise up, church. Let us rise up together. Let us go out and tell people what God has already done and what we already have because of him. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind fear in Jesus' name. Fear, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I command you to loose your hole in Jesus' name. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind because he tells us to fear thou not because I am with thee. Be not dismayed because I am God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. With my righteous right hand. So father we thank you. That fear cannot hold us. Not unless we want it to. So I plead the blood of Jesus. From the top of our heads. To the soles of our feet. In Jesus name. And I speak right now. In in the name of Jesus. That every need is met. That everything we are in the need of God. You have already supplied it. Even before the need came. I speak that our bodies are already healed because healing was already made available for us. And I say, be healed, be made whole in Jesus' name. By Jesus' Christ. you were already healed. And every lying symptom that's coming from fear, anxiety, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Uneasiness, nervousness, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Fear of the unknown, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And I say, peace. Be still in Jesus' name. And God, I speak that we as believers shall go out, God, and speak your word. And signs and wonders shall follow those that believe. The blind shall see. The lame shall walk. The deaf shall hear. And sicknesses and diseases shall be healed in Jesus' name. God, tumors and growth shall disappear in the name of Jesus every sickness and every disease bow down right now in jesus name god we thank you we praise you we honor you in this place in the mighty name of jesus amen 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 can we have our announcements at this time hallelujah
0: wasn't that an inspiring message Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.